to Stories of Strange Women. Episode I, 3. Episode 3. Yay. Yay. We're your hosts. I'm Tracy Hurley-Martin. And I'm Tanya Hurley. And we are talking to Allison Moyer today. Yeah. Allison Moyer. Very excited. Yeah. Very excited. She came to Brooklyn to see us. Well, she came to Brooklyn to see Nick Cave. <laughs> let's be honest. <laughs> let's... let's. Put it out on the yeah, table Yeah, she here. came. She came over the pond to see Nick Cave in concert at the King's Theater. Her beautiful daughter Caitlin turned twenty-one, and that was her birthday present. Yeah, I mean Nick Cave was playing over there, but she they they were bigger venues, and she wanted to see him in a more intimate space. So they they came over the pond. Yeah, yeah, and got to cool. stop by my house. Mm-hmm. Ah. <laughs> so we talked to Allison from. About her new album, Other, which is an extraordinary record if you don't have it. And so get it. appropriately titled. Yeah, and um, it's it's a dark album. It's beautiful. Electronic. Yeah, it's just so... If this, if this podcast had a soundtrack, it would be this album. It's really great. And she's going to be touring this fall, so... If you have never seen her live... It's an absolute must. Right. Her, her voice is, is, it live is something to behold. And if you have seen her live, then it's a no-brainer that you're going again because <laughs> she's, <laughs> she's that good. So we talked to Allison about um, a lot of things. She's very candid. It was, this was a great interview. And we talk about how, um, as a teenager, she didn't fit in. She felt like she didn't fit in. In Basildon. In Basildon. <laughs> Uh, speaking of Basildon, we talk about the cast of characters there. Yeah. Um, for, so. And we did publicity for all of them. Um, Depeche Mode, and we're from there. My husband's from there, yeah. so Erasure. Right. Well, yes. he's not from there, but... Yes. And uh, and then um, Perry yeah. Bamonte, who was in The Cure, who we also, we handled The Cure yeah, as well. Yeah, they all knew each other. Yeah, this so is weird. We handled all of them. It's really, it's really weird. Really small town. Yeah. <laughs> That's another show. Um, <laughs> but she, she talked about growing up there. Yeah, now. stories of stories of strange <laughs> small towns. The Basildon edition. Yeah. But she talked about growing up in that town and what it was like. And how she felt out of place and how she felt like a... You know, a big French peasant with right. a boisterous voice. Yeah, and very loud. And she only, she really felt at home and when she, where she belonged is when she found the punk scene. And then that gave her kind of the, this whole license to be who, who she was. She found her tribe. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and then making it, making it at 20 when she, when Vince put out, I mean, Vince had her record. Only you. Only and it you. was supposed to be a demo. Right. And no one expected it to catapult into a record deal and, right. uh, uh, you know, a successful, successful album mm-hmm. and, and two albums. Yeah. Turned she out was to 20 be. and making it at 20 and. Vince had, wasn't really someone that would hold your that would hold your hand and kind of shepherd tell you, you along. Shepherd you along, and so she was alone on that road and very young. And um, I, her friend, she tells a story about her friend making her an outfit for Top of the Pops because they had no money, um, and she she borrowed thirty dollars off her mom for, for fabric, and her her mother made this. And I just it made me think about the whole being back in the eighties. And having body images, like today there's... Body we, image issues. Yes, yeah. today there's uh, Lindy West and her book Shrill and Roxanne Gay, of course, and Hunger. And I've just read both those books. I recommend them highly. But 
to to be in the eighties where there, the, uh, that kind of movement wasn't no going real on peer support. Yes, at really all. feeling alone. Yeah. yeah, and and what that must have felt like cast into the spotlight mm-hmm. with you know no real A and R or anything. Right, um, must yeah. have been terrifying. Yeah, Can't but imagine. she she yeah she continues to be on the road alone. She's a mm-hmm. gorgeous person and, a, and, and an a amazing. Sculptor. Uh, a a real artist I mean every aspect of the word and we're really grateful that she could join us and talk strange things with us yeah but before we get to her please um, follow us on our Instagram stories of strange women and our Facebook page and sign up for our newsletter stories at stories of strange and without further further ado ado, ladies and gentlemen Allison Moyer Allison, welcome to our podcast. Thank you so much for coming. Um, we are we are floored that you are here. <laughs> I'm so happy to. You know, it's brilliant going somewhere where you can actually have a connection with the, with a family, isn't it? Yeah, I know some yeah. people in Brooklyn now. <laughs> yeah, just hanging out. I just swing by Brooklyn. Yeah. Uh, but you came for the Nick Cave concert. Yeah. Or... Yeah, it's my you know my youngest twenty uh, first birthday, and uh, she's a big Nick Cave fan. It's a bit bonkers because we live in Brighton, around the corner from him anyway. But <laughs> you came to the well, and he was just playing stadiums. You know that, that you know the kind of big O twos which we didn't want to go to. So. Well, you know, she always wanted to come here, so let's do it. You know, have an adventure. Yeah, and the beautiful theater, King's Good, Theater, is great. Yeah, lovely. How was the show? Did you? <laughs> do you know did the, you have fun? No, the show. The, do you know what the, the show was brilliant, and they don't believe it. But the, but the point of the matter is, is you know, it's like I'm not, you know, I'm not. Oh, I don't even. I should go there, but I'm not. I'm not a big drinker. But when I, you know, I, I can't be bothered to keep going to the bar, so I do doubles at home. You know, I just do a couple of doubles. It's just I forget that in America, a single is like a triple. So when you order a double, you just you might as well just have a vat of gin. <laughs> So it would have been really shaming that me and my husband and Caitlin kind of kept went in and the sort of dragging mother there. Oh, yeah. It was it was a little bit like that, and uh, yeah. So I, I know that I'm never ever going to hear the if end. If anyone has pictures out there, of yeah, Alison at the mixing drinks show. in her mouth. <laughs> Well, the you, you, well, the great thing—I mean, the thing that I love about middle age is, in, you know, is the invisibility about it. And uh, to the point, you know, on that time about whether anyone recognised me, it's like I go to college. I go to college in in England now, you know, and I do uh, sculpture. So when I I travel on the train, I'm, I, you know, I look the pits. I mean, I really do look the pits. You know, complete mess to the point where. Your coming... your sculptures are amazing. By oh, the way, that oh, I was I can't believe that's... that that talent lives inside you as oh, well as the singing. Oh, it's, it's kind of what I—it's kind of what I always do. But the, finishing that story, what happened when I was coming home on the train? Actually, a lady came up to me and offered me her leftover food. Okay. Yeah. No, but that's no, but I thought it was brilliant. I'm telling you, that's how rough I looked. That's how I actually looked <laughs> like a bag lady. The way that where a young woman comes and offers me her food. Aww. I mean, I never ever looked underfed. <laughs> let's be fair about this. So. You, you're talking rum. What was there to offer? What well, she, she what's funny about it, it was like a bag of her open nuts that when she offered them to me, I said, oh, no, thank you. She goes, well, they're not very nice. They were free anyway. And it's like, oh, wow, that's wow, how special great. I am today. Thank that's... you so very much. <laughs> no, but I, just, I kind of feel bad Namaste. saying that to her. Yeah. But, um, yeah, no, so it, it's kind of funny, you know, it's like, you, you know, for coming from Basildon, uh, you know, everybody in those days started a band. You know, everyone was in a band because that's how we entertain one another. You know, there mm-hmm. wasn't any great culture or anything going on. So I never really envisaged myself having any length of a career. And I was always thinking, oh, next year I'll go back and do some art. You know, next year I'll do it. And um, 
always waiting for it to give up on me, music to give up on me, and, and never quite did. So in this <laughs> waiting for the other shoe to drop. Yeah, exactly. always, exactly, always. <laughs> that's, what that's what I'll do when I retire. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yes. And thinking I'd probably retire in my twenties, you know, and it's it never it never <laughs> quite happened. And uh, so I just sort of sod it. I'm I'm just gonna I'm gonna sign up. And then the minute I signed up, the deal came through, and and I uh, you know uh, was about to make a record. So I was like up at five thirty in the morning. All day, uh, uh, went to London from Brighton, uh, went to college all day. Then in the evening, I'd go to the other side of London and record the album. And in the weekends, I'd be writing the song songs for what I was going to be recording in the evenings. Now, it's, it's been like bonkers, you know. How come you can be a lazy bin all your life and suddenly in your late 50s, you're going, yeah, I can do these things. You know? Two jobs. Yeah, yeah, two jobs. Wow, that's amazing. I mean, I, I was, I'm blown away by it, by, oh. by, by the talent there. Like, it's, oh, I had you. no idea... Well, I didn't, you know, it's like that was my first, you know, that was the first body sculpture I'd done, you know, mm-hmm. so, um, but I, I sort of kind of believed that I'd be good with my hands because I, I can, I can hang wallpaper. <laughs> <laughs> and you can fix Hoovers. <laughs> well, you know, the, yeah, you, you, heard yeah. That, you heard that story about me, you know, but, but, you know, that's the kind of family I come from, that, that you know, that peasant family that admires so much more fixing things than just, you know, buying and consequently I'm not much, a, not much of a consumer. Yeah, well, you brought up Basil too, mm. and I'm fascinated with that. I think everybody is in, yeah. you know, in, in the music uh, world. Um, so you went to high school with Andy Fletcher. Yeah, Andy right? Fletcher and, and Martin Gore. And then, and then when I did uh, Foundation Music, which was, I mean, you know, it was, a, it was a very light foundation course, you know, I sort of did grade one piano, you know, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, there I was at college. Middle with, C, uh, middle yeah, C. Exactly. <laughs> and, you know, it was really funny because I was a punk then, you know, and and, uh, and I got a distinction for my grade one piano. And at the end, when they did the uh, ex- exam awards, you know, we're all sitting there and I'm sort of like being all like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they said, yes, yeah, so we had only one distinction this year. So please, please don't say it was me. And it was Alison Way. Please, please don't say it was him. Grade one piano. It's like, oh, the shit. Because <laughs> it's like, who normally takes grade one piano? Three-year-olds, you know, it's like so humiliating. Anyway, so when I was at a college there, it's the same time that, that um, Dave uh, Dave Garn was there. So, you know, my, my paths had crossed And Perry them, Bamante, so right? And, well, Perry has been a mate of mine since I was five, you yeah, know. Wow. He was the first boy that ever bought me a present. Oh, <laughs> he bought me a pair of castanets when I was at nine. Oh, <laughs> when he came sweet. back from Spain. Yeah, oh. yeah, I love him. <laughs> Yeah, a lovely, lovely boy. So, um, yeah, so, so funny enough, Vince was the one that I knew least out of all of them, you know. Uh, I do remember Vince because uh, when we were both uh, 10, 11, we went to this Saturday morning music school, which was at Langdon Higher Ed School, which was a school I believe that he went to, you know. We went to Nicholas, which was the opposing school. Those were the two schools that mm. met and fought, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I never spoke to him then. I just remember him because he was with his two brothers, you know, and they had white, white blonde hair. And, I, you know, I just have this image, like I say, of these kind of three little ducks walking along with their, <laughs> with their violins, you, yeah. know, you know, beautiful little boys. Violins. I think it's interesting that you had mentioned in the past that you, you were not... You, you 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 tried out to sing in school choir yeah, no. musicals and, no. and you weren't no, no I you wasn't no. well I remember you know I wanted to uh, to I wanted to uh, audition for the school musical and uh, the head of English said to me and what would we want someone like you for you know it's like there really was a case of whether your face fit and you know I just wasn't you know I just wasn't a pretty child and those things those things you know affect your outcome, it affects the kind of input that people will put into you. And I think it wasn't even just that. I, I just think I was just always a bit odd, you know, a little bit too, um, you know, too ready to interrupt, a little bit too aggressive, a little bit too full on, you know. 
but but you are what you grow up around and like I say I grew up around a, you know a very physical uh, quite a brutal French peasant family you know so mm -hmm. you know I, I was born to pull a cart yeah what well, I mean speaking of your upbringing upbringing how did you feel like when you when you were a teenager like how what was your school life what did it look like and um, Basilton's very small right it was it's that, a very yeah it was a small a small town um I, I, I wasn't a, I wasn't a popular type you know I you know my one of my first uh, school reports when I was about five would refer to me riding roughshod you know <laughs> Listen, I'm, I'm putting it out there I'm putting it out there <laughs> uh, um, so you know I, I, I was too physical I was too you know like I said I was too strong too physical for the kind of the little girls that I was playing around and so I was constantly mm -hmm. in trouble with their mothers constantly in trouble with the teachers uh, you know you could see people's eyes sort of like you know shudder a little bit when I approached you know the, you know the the water would part like you know like the, like the sea for Moses whoever it was that had a little pop across it probably wasn't Moses who crossed the sea yeah the Red oh, Sea oh yeah. it's like I'm a Christian look at you yeah, look historian at me, like, knowing my stuff at that sculptor <laughs> songstress historian thank you theologian <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so um, uh, so yeah, so I wasn't I, I wasn't socially adept, and you know I, I turned most people off. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it was <laughs> it was the general tenet. Yeah, so um, you know, and I, uh, then finally when I was about thirteen, you know, uh, uh, fourteen, I kind of started making uh, some mates, and and the whole uh, uh, you know punk coming to the scene was like a real release for me because suddenly physically I fit. You know, mm -hmm. my attitude fit, and yeah, um, right, yeah, and I, mm -hmm. you know, it's like I, I didn't even have to dress up. Do you know what I mean? There I was. Yeah, you could be you finally, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. I could be, yeah, exactly. And and those kind of like a strong female attributes that I had were were appreciated as opposed to before, where they were seen as just wrong for a woman. You know. So who else was on the scene at that time when you were like the punk scene? Because you were in punk bands, right? Yeah. Um. Well, I mean, you know, I I, I was playing in bands from about sixteen. So I mean. You know, we was you know we went on to support people like Doctor Feelgood and mm -hmm. uh, and stuff like that. You know, the the, the how old were you at that time when you uh, when, when you I were when supporting... I was when I supported uh, Doctor Feelgood around set seven, seventeen. Wow. You know, but when I first started out, it was it was just a case of kind of there being little bands. So I know that Martin Gore was playing with uh, Norman and the Worms. I think mm -hmm. I think Vince at that time was still sort of like doing acoustic sets um, himself. I, I, he hadn't kind of got together with the other boys. It, it was just a, a case of people sort of like, you know, acting out at parties, really, you know. Mm -hmm. So you, it was a tight-knit community and you all was, kind yeah. of saw each other yeah, when you, got, you were yeah. out. It was, a big, it was a big, vast crowd and, you know, you'd get people that would pair off and, you know, have, you know little groups. But, but we generally sort of like, you know, trouser shape tend to hang together. You know, and that sounds mm -hmm. like a really strange thing to say. But, you know, in those days, you know, if you had straight trousers or even a pointed shoe in Basel, you could get your teeth kicked in. Really? You know, you'd have, yeah, yeah, you'd be in the town centre and you'd have a punk come along going, Ted's around the corner, or another one, Skinhead's around the corner. And you'd, you know, at times get, you know, your your, your mates, your, your male mates would get beaten up by these, you know. And very quickly I learned that... Uh, um, uh, a mad-looking woman is more mad. It's more frightening than a mad-looking man. So I was really able to put up this front and actually, you know, protect some of my band members because uh, because they thought I was unhinged. When in truth, you know, oh. I was shaking inside. But I just learned that you know you put on the face and you know you can protect yourselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. Um, so you were then you met Vince mm. and. You at twenty one. You were uh, in well, uh, no. I, was, well, I, was, I think it's twenty because if I remember rightly, uh, I was doing round table on my twenty first birthday. Uh, that I've oh, got okay. a vague memory of doing that. Yeah. So I mean, so what happened there is that you know Vince had, uh, you know, had had this great success with Depeche, but you know, I, he he wasn't 
he was never, you know, completely comfortable in it. But having said that, mm-hmm. it's your first band. It's like a marriage. It's a really mm-hmm. significant relationship. And when it fell apart um, in a way that, 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 that made people feel sore and, and torn, you know, um, he was looking for someone to, to sing um, the song that he'd written, Only You. He knew which he him. offered to Depeche Mode. Which he offered and they didn't want, want it. Which, yeah. you know, in some ways you can appreciate because if you're going to leave the band, you're going to yeah. kind of go, well, if you're going to leave us and leave us, you know, yeah, right, right. we don't want no. anything to do with it. Yeah, you. exactly. On a human yeah. level, I can get it. Yeah. From, from his point of view, um, I, I can understand that, you know, you, you see both sides of the story. Mm-hmm. But either way, you know, he wanted to, to uh, you know, he, he had this song that he believed in and he wanted to record it. He knew, uh, he knew my voice because he'd seen me out. And so he asked me uh, to come and demo it. At this stage, he was not looking to make a band or anything like that. He just, it was just about the song. So I remember uh, coming home one day and my mum said, oh, uh, Vince Clark has called you this number. It's like, you know, and of course we all knew that, that, that a Depeche had, had happened at that point. And uh, so I called him up and he invited me to go around to his flat where he lived in Vange and he had his little porter studio. And I had a brilliant, um, quick musical memory then in, in those days. You only had to play me something once and I remembered it completely. My God, I wish it was like that today, <laughs> but it's not. So he, he effectively played it to me once and I just sang it into his, um, wow. into his uh, four track and then I went home. And then about a week later, he called up and said, you know, I've played it to Mute. Mute really like it. They think we should record it. It's like, yeah, all right. Wow, how <laughs> yeah, did you that. feel? Like, well, what? I mean, you can imagine I hadn't even got you... money to, to, to demo myself before that. I had no, I had no, t- I didn't even have a record player or a cassette player. So the idea, you know, I thought, well, great, you know, if I've got this, you know, like I say, there was no talk about there being a band or anything mm-hmm. like that, it, then I, at least I've got a demo to show other right. people that I can yeah. sing, you know. Uh, so of course, oh being gosh. asked to go in the studio, well, you think it's brilliant. You Did know. you have a day job at that time? Um, what was I doing? Uh, no, I was at college. At that time, I was at college. I was at the London College of Furniture, mm-hmm. and I was doing a sitting guild in piano technology. So I was learning how to tune and restore and French polish and rebuild pianos. Wow! So that's what. Wow. That, and this was the first time that it looked like I was going to finish something. Yeah. No, I, was, I actually did <laughs> wow. my first year. I know. <laughs> It was a big deal for me because I was a dropout at everything, you know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so we recorded uh, this single and, um, oh, this yeah, this song. And then uh, about a week later, he called up and said, oh, he thinks, um, I played this the record company, they, th- they think we should make an album. What? It's just like, you know, and it's so, you know, in this amount of time. Now, the problem being here that, that, that uh, we had within this situation is Vince and I knew each other precious little. And at that stage, we're at very different points in our life. Vince is like, you know, is feeling a bit battered. And, and yeah. a bit, you know, and a bit removed. Mm-hmm. You know, I am completely overwhelmed by this experience, and you know, having this kind of um, argumentative background. We, we were table thunders, so we'd be arguing. And to us, it's not arguing; it's just right, you know, right. it's like, like yeah. we're communicating uh-huh. to an English family, which you know, Vince very much came from an English family where you know you didn't put all your cards out on the table, kaplonk. Mm-hmm. He would have just seen that as a complete, utter assault of his senses. <laughs> right. You know? just say, if I'm Oscar is late for school and I yell up the stairs for Oscar, Vince will just turn a different color <laughs> and he will walk up the stairs and say, Oscar, you're going to be late for your bus. <laughs> oh, you And I'm like, you just did not walk upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> you just yelled up two floors and... I mean, it's equally like. Oh well, I know that I, you know, it, it, my husband's the same. If I ever kind of go, no, no, he goes, oh, there's a Moyer coming out. It's like, what? What? <laughs> what? I'm just 
just, I'm just kind of, yeah, I'm just, you know, I'm just, there's just music in my voice. You know what you're talking about? Making musical, but, yeah, melodic. Exactly, I've just been melodic. So, yeah, so he, you know, he would have found that difficult. And then also, you know, this is his, his record label and, you know, this is someone that he's kind of brought in. Suddenly he wants to, you know, who, who expects to have an opinion, you know, and mm-hmm. that's not what he signed up for, you know. Yeah. So the unfortunate thing is because it all happened so quickly, we had no time to sit down, have a drink with one another, to get to know, you know, to, so that he could understand where I was coming from, I could understand How where he was coming from. How terrifying for you. It was, it was because. To go into a situation yeah. like that and just say, okay, you're on record. Yeah. It, well, right? Well, there's it that. like that? Well, no, I mean, to be fair, in, in the studio, that's, you know, I was still sort of being <laughs> like that. So yeah. at the beginning, it was still, you know, very nice. And he was very, you know, he, he was a very generous collaborator, mm-hmm. very generous collaborator. It was like, there was no kind of like, you know, there's no sense of hierarchy. You just go, you've got any songs? And you mm-hmm. play him a song, he'd be really open to that. So creatively, mm-hmm. uh, in the recording process, certainly on that first album, it was a really, you know, it, it was it was really pleasant and exciting. Oh, you know, okay. no, that was great. Now it was it was later than when I think when the the pressure of suddenly going from being a black sheep of town to being everyone knowing. And, and bear in mind, you know, I've always been remarkable, and I mean that. You know, I've repeated this sentence, mm-hmm. but I don't mean that as a compliment. I've always been someone that someone's had something to say about. Even when I was a kid, people would remark on the way I looked, or so mm-hmm. I was always watched. Okay. You know, so suddenly when you you're this kind of person, and 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 everyone's at you when you're socially inept, it was terrifying. And 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 had Vince and I. Uh, had we been in the same place, we would have supported one another. For mm-hmm. him, he would have experienced right. it. Whereas yeah. I was like, suddenly here, I'm turning around and he's not there. You know, it's like, right. I, kind of, I don't know who I am. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to handle these people. Mm-hmm. And he was at that stage, someone that sort of like, he did his job, but he went back to his room. He didn't want to tour. You know, mm-hmm. he didn't want to socialise. Um, and so there was no, there was no communion between the two of us. You know, mm-hmm. we, were, we were like, we were like two people working together, but, but, but separately, you know. When it came to the second album, he'd go in and do his bit. He'd be gone before the time I went and did my bit. You know, we'd, mm-hmm. we'd be doing this. So you, so, really, you were really on your own in terms yeah. of handling yeah. this attention and yeah. the fame. And, exactly, exactly. And all of that. Yeah, and just, you know. And just, how, did you, how did you personally handle it? I mean, how did well, you... I don't think, you know, I don't, you know, I, I, you know, it took me a long time to get over the kind of neurosis of youth. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I would have always been a scratchy... Um, intimidating person, you know. Mm-hmm. People would have mistaken my anxiety for aggression, you know. But, oh, okay. but I understand that, you know. I'm sure that you know we all do that. And mm-hmm. if, yeah. you know, if I'm faced with that, my first uh, feeling about someone is you're an arsehole. I yeah, think you're right. an arsehole. You know, yeah. it's just that you know, as you get older, you know, you start to you, you empathise. You have a greater understanding of what's going on behind your eyes, you know. Mm-hmm. Right. And plus, you. I mean, in being in the punk, coming from the punk world, yeah. right? Yeah. It's it's. Yeah, and that yeah, that was your you know coming aggression. from that that year where you you know where you learned to you know you were always under attack. So I was like, your so you learned, yeah, yeah, your knee jerk reaction is to is you. to square up. Yeah, I'm mm-hmm. going to square up to you because if I don't, you know, this is going to come down bad on me. If I square up to you, you know, it's like stare, we're staring each other down. You'll back off and you'll go away. So then, so so dealing with all the fame was difficult, mm. and you don't really know who your friends are, correct? And yeah, because and then Vince probably well, actually I don't know if Vince felt that because I know that the Depeche Boys were very good at hanging on to their old mates. Maybe that's because they partied still, so that the party continued. Mm-hmm. For me, because there was no element of party. I think they're no just now out. now putting the brakes on the party. <laughs> oh, no, I was just going <laughs> so, yeah. now. So I mean, I don't, I, you know, I wasn't around Depeche when Vince was Depeche, so I don't know how he socialized with them. I only know how he was socializing when we were together. <laughs> 
together. <laughs> I don't think he. Yeah, well, you know, that must much. have been hard for him because you know, you, you, if you're in a, you know, in a four and three people are sort of like connected and you feel on the outside and misunderstood, it's, it's a difficult place to be. Whether mm-hmm. that's your fault or not, it's still right. a difficult place to be. Yeah, I know? think mm-hmm. that's his place in the world. Yeah. I mean, you're describing how you were recorded and yeah. and and how you you know toured and whatnot, yeah. and he's still he's still that he's yeah still that. In well, like the you world. know, I remember that you know you know when we did the the 2008 tour, which was absolutely brilliant, and it was lovely at that point because. You know, he had um, he had adjust he had opened up slightly. You know, I have have softened quite majorly. Mm-hmm. You know, and so we're just able to have. You know, we both look at each other and think. Actually, you know, we were lucky. We're both lucky at that point in time. We both, you know, have a legacy from that point in time. It's it's done. You us both have perspective. Good. We have perspective. Yeah. You know, yeah. absolutely. And uh, and it was. And it was lovely, but even then, you know what Vince really wanted to do was, was going to his missus. That's what yeah. he wanted, you know. It's like he'd still do the gig and stuff, you know. We talked before about maybe doing some writing, but it didn't work out that way. He was really into doing um, stock animation, I think, at the time. So he was just, mm-hmm. just keen to go back to his room. Uh, and because he was mm-hmm. a smoker, of course, often he was staying in a completely different mm-hmm. hotel because he'd stay in a complete dive just because he could yeah, smoke at yeah. the time, you know. Oh, my gosh. And, um, <laughs> and that's what he wanted to do, stop, stop motion and just go back and, you know, and, and, and talk to you on Skype, wasn't he? That, that's, who, that's who he is, you know. So, so, so you had this tremendous amount of fame. And then it, after one album, it goes away. Or uh, began between Virgin and Columbia and... Um, and in fact, Virgin uh, were offering me something like a million more than Columbia, but I ended up choosing Columbia <laughs> because um, uh, I'm, I'm, um, I'm uh, you know, I'm, I'm so disordered, dis- disorganised and, and, and disorder frightens me because I lose myself in my own mess. Mm-hmm. That when I went to Virgin, they had lots of boxes on the floor and that freaked me out. <laughs> it freaked me out. So I said, I'll, I'll, go, I'll go to Columbia because they put stuff away and I can't, you Thank know. God you tidied up before she came. <laughs> uh, no, no, because I make my own mess. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Uh, it's just that I felt that if I'm presented with my own mess, right. I, you know, in those days, yeah. I thought, well, you, you can't be together yours. because I'm not together. Yeah. I'm not right. together and this is what I create. So yeah. you can't be together because you're right. doing it too. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, so, so, I, so I chose Columbia. Which... The jig is up. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Yeah. Uh, and also it was, uh, you know, the, the other thing was Janis Joplin was at the Columbia label and I'd been a big Janis Joplin fan so those two things swayed me uh, but I, I majorly regretted it because uh, here I was with at the time the biggest record company uh, um, in the world who were talking global 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 and expected me to go global 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 and their whole A&R method was you know you go in there okay you're gonna make an album so let's get out music week who's produced the top selling album this uh-huh. this week Okay, Swain and Jolly. You can meet Swain and Jolly. Yeah. Now, I went in with, with Swain. I've never met producers because I'd worked with Vince. You know, there was Eric. It was different, new... yeah. I didn't know what producers yeah. did, you know. Um, now, obviously, I understand that Vince was effectively producing it, but I didn't know what they mm-hmm. did. I'd never been in the studio before. So, um, you know, I was put in with them. As it was, they were very nice uh, uh, blokes, uh, nice blokes, and I said yes because I didn't want to have to go meet anybody else. I didn't want to A B anyone because it's like, oh, these are the first people <laughs> I've met. That's the way to go. Yeah. yeah. First people I've met, so I'm going to go with them. And they were perfectly nice, and you know, I had a perfectly interesting time uh, writing uh, um, and producing that album. But I had no sense that this was a career move that I was making because at no time had I made a career move. I had just fallen into things, just fallen into things, and mm-hmm. you know, I'd never had any ambition to make electronic pop. I just tried it because there it was on the table. You know, I had no intention of making a mainstream album. It's just there it was. Okay, I'll try that. You know, mm-hmm. with you know because I'd never followed anybody else's career to actually really understand that you are. Yeah, which is why you're so amazing because <laughs> you are so different. You know, you're. So... Well, I, you know, I wasn't aware of that. I, you know, yeah. I just I just know that I'd gone to I'd gone to this 
you know, company and we'd just written an album and I, and I did it in their downtime in between them uh, recording the Spandau ba ba Ballet album. We wrote and recorded the whole thing in three months and it was a, you know, to the point where I only had nine tracks because we ran out of time to do it, you know. It was, it was that, it was like there was no spare, so there was no, like, extra tracks. Um, and it was brilliant in one sense because uh, that success enabled me later on when you know I knew who I was to say mm -hmm. no that I would rather say no you know I'm not an expensive date I live on what I've made I don't need money mm -hmm. I don't you know I don't need more money I don't need more than one car or one roof over my head you know mm -hmm. um, uh, so I'm kind of grateful for that but where, where it was a problem is that it, it, it pushed me firmly into a mainstream that I didn't understand you know, I didn't mm -hmm. understand, I didn't recognise myself within it, you know. I'd and then you retreated. And right? then I retreated, well, you know, so I'd made a record like you could make a cake, how's that going to come out? Oh, you don't like that? Maybe, maybe not. I don't intend to make the same cake for the rest of my life, but oh, but you want me to make the same cake forever? Shit. Yeah, right. Did the know. label involve you? I mean, was there like an A&R at that time? Or there there was an A&R, but let's like, say his, his A&Ring was, let's go down music week. Mm -hmm. And then what I found was difficult is that, you know, you'd be working with these producers and then I'll have written a song and it's like, no, no, you can't do that song uh, because you can only do songs that they've got right on too, you know. And it's like, this is strange. It's not like I've come from a history of never having written a hit myself. You know, I've written right. Nobody's Diary, mm -hmm. you know, co-written yeah. situations. You know, it, it's not like I was an ingenue. Mm -hmm. uh, however, suddenly I'd gone from this place where I'd been working with Vince, which was like, you know, bring what you want to bring to the table to, oh, no, 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 no. You know, something, this is about money. You, you can't do that because we haven't got a cut of it. And it's like, wow. what is this world? What, what is that all about? Because I wasn't even yeah. thinking about did they try money. to control your image and, and stuff to be like fair that? no to be okay. fair no and you know sometimes I wish someone had <laughs> because you know it's like in those days I you know I, I remember when we did the um uh don't go video you know I'm wearing the trilby in, in that and the reason why I'm wearing the trilby is the night before the video I've come home a bit pissed and thought <laughs> wouldn't it be a good idea to give yourself a haircut <laughs> no as you often did <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So yeah. I sort of like give myself a haircut that night and gone Fancy to bed yeah, and yeah. woke up in the morning and my God, it was just like, it was, it was just like I'd gone at myself like with shearing scissors. Do you know what I mean? It was so bad. It's like, I had to go to my mate, mate, you've got yeah. to give me a hat. Have you got a hat? I've got to wear a hat. So that's what that was all about. I just had no hair and big ball patches. It wasn't even stylish, you know. And I didn't even have that hair that you could, you know, I had that sort of baby fine hair that just looked naff. <laughs> Wow, you know, and, and you know, Vince was never like he would never never talk about what you're gonna do or what you're gonna wear. There was no none of those kind no. of conversations, uh -huh. you know. And when I did that, not being on the same page. Yeah, it's like well, <laughs> but the, no, but the fact of matter, see, you know, I think Vince always looked great anyway because he had that, that great bone structure and he had that great mad hair that just always made him look, you know, like a man of his own choosing, which right. was great. Yeah. You know? For me, it was like you know. I had no clothes, do you know I mean? I had no money. Um, I'd never, it didn't occur to me when I started Yazoo to ask for any money because, you know, I'd been playing gigs and, and no one had given us any. And we Wait, didn't, you're I didn't just grateful, right? You're just yeah, grateful. I mean, yeah, exactly, exactly. And there'd been no advance or anything mm -hmm. like that, you know. So um, I borrowed, I think it was 30 quid off my mum and we went and bought some uh, fabric from Bazard and Market and my girlfriend... Uh, sewed me a dress up without a patch she sort of like sort of sewed a dress together for me which I wore on top of the pops and that, so that was like you know, oh my God. You know so I've got this dress that I've worn on top of the pops and and then just as the music started I remember I was so nervous I was at that kind of giggling with like that and I had, and because there was so much clapping I couldn't even hear the track had started so oh. I missed the first line of miming I'm still standing at the back so then I come up and start miming the second line and as I got the thought shit I never thought, I don't know what to do with my feet. You know, it's like we've not, not rehearsed this. We've never oh stood up and sung this to one of us. I'm sort of like going, oh, 
oh, I'll do this. Yeah. I'll do this with my feet. That'll work. That'll be all right. <laughs> it was like, no, we can For those of you, I mean, you can't see what she's doing. She's, she's twerking. <laughs> well, you know, as for twerking, I can get down. There's no coming back up again. <laughs> Like, it was just this mad, you know, when you compare it to acts of today who have stylists, who have like rehearsal yeah, I mean, rooms. Really? Yeah, that are put together. Let's discuss how you're going to present yourself, how you're going to talk, you mm-hmm. know. None of that. It, there was none of that. It was just like, shit, I'm going on telly for the first time. I have no idea how this works. Did you watch the performance? Yeah, I was like, what did I see? Because I could see myself at the back of the back line and thinking, why didn't even they say do it again? They went, yeah, that's great. It's like, that's great. We're miming. <laughs> And the whole first line, I'm back talking to Vince at the back of the stage. What is that all about? But with all of that is, you know, this arc, this creative arc. I mean, artists today, here today, gone today. Yeah. I mean, they don't have this artistic... No, they don't. Just life, this yeah, artistic life, have. really. I mean, they it's don't. rare. Well, because, you know, in those days you did something people liked, they wanted to hear from you again. In this day, day and age, you have so many of these horrible reality TV shows, mm-hmm. and the reality TV shows effectively run the record companies that sell the records, that if, uh, you know, they have a new artist and they've got all... You know, we know how, how difficult it is to promote a record. It's, you know, you, you have to rely on radio play. You know, there are so few records that can get onto radio, you know. You know, there's a, there's an ageism that goes with that. There's a sort of like a, a demographic that goes with that. So there's all mm-hmm. this really difficult to, um, to pr- even let people know that you've got a record out there. That they don't need to spend money on publicists. They don't need to spend money on all this thing. They've got, they've got their, their advertising happening on the television every week. So they've got an act... Right. They flog it based on the back of the show. They mm-hmm. don't need to develop that act. They've just got the facsimile no. coming next year. They've just got the new one, and then they've got all their promos. That's right. Factory. So there's yeah, yeah. And, and there's no development, you know. And I find this really interesting as a, as an older artist. I suppose it's you know really easy for me to say. I'm not going to argue this as a young artist, but um, music is the only form. You know, pop, popular music is the only format where. Uh, age is not recognised as something that can actually bring something more to the party, you know. Right, as a painter, right. you never go, oh, fuck, that's a, that's a piece of shit, the guy's 50. You know, yeah, or when yeah, you're a right, writer, right. when you're a writer... Especially oh, well, with you know. women, too. I mean, oh, well, that brings women, a whole yeah, yeah. other... Absolutely, you know, we're, we're the front person, you know, and, yeah. and the woman is always tended to... You know, the assumption is always the woman is not the creative force and she is the front person, you know. Yeah. Uh, and so... Uh, um, yeah, so there's this kind of whole, uh, these, these, these great um, musical turns that are missed, that are lost, because, uh, because um, youth is, is sacrosanct, youth is everything, and you know, well you know, uh, as, mm-hmm. as women younger than me, but mm-hmm. you know, closer to, to my age than, mm-hmm. a, than a, 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 a ten year old, mm-hmm. you know, that, yeah. uh, that, that we, have, we, are, we are far more interesting beasts as we get older than we ever were, at, you know, an asinine twenty. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I, I don't think I was sober in my 20s no. at all. But, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I agree. I think it's it's so important to hear from, you know, artists such as yourself who have, you know, really a trailblazer, really. And Well, you can hear it, but, I mean, what does it change? What does it change? I don't know. The very fact, I mean, I can carry on doing this because I had successful years in my youth. Mm-hmm. Because I can say, do you know what, I'm going to, even though this gig is a sellout, I'm going to subsidise it. 
which people don't get when they're going, there's much for the ticket. It's like, you've got no idea. Yeah. You paid $40 for that ticket. I paid 30,000 quid for you to, to yeah. you know, to get mm-hmm. that ticket. Mm-hmm. You don't know that, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like, you know, I could never have done that if I was an ingenue. I could have never mm-hmm. have done that had I always been a marginal artist because I just wouldn't have been able to support myself. And especially in this day and age, you know, where record companies don't want to fund uh, the making of the records, uh, any of that kind of business. So there has to be a lot more um, home industry, you know. Mm-hmm. And for someone like Vince, you know, obviously Vince is different because he's, you know, he's regularly had massive, massive albums. So, you know, I can imagine his waterbed is perfectly sound, you know. <laughs> but he has always been, uh, um, he's always been independent because he, he from the very start, uh, um, mastered his his craft. You know, he he owned his equipment. He mastered his craft. He, he had he control. Be, he had control. He yeah. could be autonomous. Now, I was in a position where with Vince, I could have sat in that control room and watched everything and learned, mm-hmm. but. It's not my character. Mm-hmm. My character was to go into that room and play table tennis. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. That's who I was. So consequently then, you know, when it came down to, for me to write, you know, I can write, but I, I can't uh, work autonomously because mm-hmm. uh, I'm not a, a, an adequate enough instrumentalist. Mm-hmm. So when I write, you know, all my slow songs are written on piano because I'm a bad piano player. My fast songs are written on guitar because I'm a rubbish guitar player. Yeah. <laughs> Do you still play the oboe? No, 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 no. You don't write on oboe. No, I'm, no. I, I, <laughs> that would be an interesting record. Yeah, that would, that would yeah, be yeah. a cool cool quote there. Maybe the next one. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, no. But, uh, you know, I, I'm a world-class dropout. I'm, I'm really good at giving up. Yeah. Go me. I'm a quitter. And I do. Go I'm a quitter But you well. have had this long career. As yeah, but, but, you know, mostly by accident. Yeah, but, I mean, you... You have the same power you to your... succeed. Yeah, you trying really hard despite yourself. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I, I want to talk a little bit, go back a little bit about um, when you uh, dropped out of the music scene for 10 years, I think it was, yeah. right? Yeah. You developed agoraphobia. And yeah. Can you explain a little bit about what was going on in well, your then, life yeah. then and how you were feeling well I'd had these you know the two I'd had this first album Mouth, which was a massive massive success and you know everybody wanted to to uh, work with me I, I got a manager to do rain dancing and and that wasn't a, such a great move because he was uh, you know very much wanting he, he managed Paul Young so they very much wanted to move into America and so uh, effectively put me into America to make an album which wasn't a great thing for me to do because I actually if there's one thing I understand about myself I'm, I'm a very European artist mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's, you know, you know I, I connect very much uh, I think all of your tr- all of your singles have charted right in the UK correct not all the singles all the albums all the albums yeah but the singles no the singles haven't but the albums I mean that's yeah they're incredible yeah you know I have been lucky enough to be you know an album artist but we you know you know there's a big difference between you know album sales in the early 80s to album sales now you can you know you can get top five with 8,000 records mm-hmm. now back then back then if you were selling 300,000 your record company was dropping you you know what I mean That's it was right. like it That's was right. you know it was a, it's a big difference you know I remember being with uh, in Yazoo you get a phone call you, you've sold 250,000 this week it would be, be like that you know it was bonkers wow. yeah bonkers but you know music know doesn't yeah it doesn't have the same place so it doesn't quite mean the same thing I can't remember what we were talking about how did I get to that um, your, your agoraphobia and why oh, you yeah. dropped out yeah yeah so so you know I'd, I'd done Alf that, you know, that's fine then I found myself doing rain dancing which didn't come out the way that I hoped it would 
uh, and at that point I'd made a couple of cynical moves you know I'd made a cynical move in that I was kind of quite impressed with myself that I kind of knew what a hit record was so I recorded Week in the Presence of Beauty knowing that the record company wanted a hit and I know what a hit is and it was a hit but the, what I didn't get my head around was the fact that you, that, you know you won't always want to associate yourself with every hit, you know, and that's not that's not dissing the the song because it was a great song and I like the original far better than my own, but it, but but I made it for the wrong reason. I made it for the wrong reason, and I had to draw myself up short. Then go no, this is this is not right. You know, you're 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 not thinking clearly here. You're not working as an artist. You're working as as a you know as a professional pop star yeah you right I mean? and and so not being authentic yeah i've not been authentic yeah. so i had to go whoa you know i had to reel myself back in and um, which is interesting because people would if they have the formula for a hit they that's what they would yeah, want to do well most yeah, people absolutely right? well if you look at you know again you look at someone like uh, vince vince is a great purveyor of pop he loves mm -hmm. pop music he loves the mm -hmm. perfect pop song so for him a perfect pop song wouldn't have been an issue for me and maybe it's being a woman maybe it's the maybe it's the fact that men can do things much gentler and it's seen with a different nuance than if a woman does something gentler mm -hmm. then then it's it's seen as as, as almost a flaw in your characteristic it's, it's like a weakness it's a it's a an obviousness mm -hmm. you know and and it didn't suit my character and I found myself on stage singing a song and feeling embarrassed and I thought this is yeah, wrong I shouldn't be feeling yeah. embarrassed I don't right. care that it's a big hit just face it the birdie song was a big hit I don't want to stand behind that song you know mm -hmm. so I knew that as much as you know, I you know I'd love hits. I love I'd love everybody to buy my record. Mm -hmm. it, you know I, I don't want that enough to make records that I'm not prepared to stand up by. Mm -hmm. I'm already in this position now with Invisible. You know I'm about to go out and tour. You know Invisible is a great song, but I have not played it for 30 years and I will never play it again. I can't play it really? because yeah I can't do it. Uh, I, I can't I can't cope with the whininess of it. I can't cope yeah. with the whining place it puts women. You the know pining, yeah, the, the pining. Yeah the pining. You know, it's like don't read my girl's book. <laughs> when you're, but when you know, it's like they when I was you young in. and I was first into uh, Janis Joplin. That that narrative appealed to me. You know, when I was still a virgin, I, you know, I, I wanted my heart broken before I ever wanted a romance because mm -hmm. that was that was what was romantic. You know, as a middle-aged woman, it's like oh, for Christ's sake, it's a bloke. <laughs> if he's an arsehole, kick him into touch. <laughs> You really, really don't need it. And I don't want to be sending this message on to other people that are saying, you know, this is, this is okay, I feel other this, you can feel other this. Women, other yeah. women, you know, this is all right, this is a yeah. way to go, you know. And of course it's a shot in my foot because they're solo artist. Invisible, Invisible has been my only mainstream here. Mm -hmm. But bollocks, I ain't doing it. Yeah, wow. And, you know, and, and, and I say that very clearly because, I, you know, I would much rather play to a smaller audience that understands where I'm coming from mm -hmm. than to, to make a load of money and have people saying, you have cheated us. You are not who we thought yeah. you were. Yeah. So anyway, going back to the agoraphobia. So I found myself in this place. Good for I, you. Thank you. Well, I started, yeah. um, I, I made the Hoodoo album. The, the Hoodoo album was quite a... a um, a, a turn away from what I'd been doing before. I had more aggression. That you know, it, it was more of a, it, it went back to my roots as opposed to what CBS saw as my roots, which was the Alpha album. You know, they completely mm -hmm. managed to miss all of my you know career before that, other than the fact that I'd had hits. Um, and this was to <laughs> and the first song that we went for of that was it won't be long, which which did funny enough get me a a, a Grammy nomination for um, best rock vocalist. But this was not what was expected from mainstream, certainly mainstream Europe. I mean, America was slightly different because, uh, you know, because we were more known for for the Yaz stuff out there, and mm -hmm. and they saw Yaz as, as a more creative prospect. Therefore, 
that was, um, you know, I was allowed to make more, you know, different changes. Whereas in England, where mm-hmm. I become, where I was the biggest selling female singer, mm-hmm. this wasn't what was required. You know, mm-hmm. they wanted another, you know, big European. Uh, How do you make thing. everyone happy? Well, you, you I, I knew that I wasn't, yeah. you know, and I went with my favourite track, and it was just too much. You know, people didn't want to hear me screaming and shouting, mm-hmm. and uh, they didn't want that. And and so, you know, the record company tried. You know, they sort of stuck with me for a little bit because it's still in the days when they. You know, okay, you know, the record did all right, but, it, you know, it still charted, but it wasn't like, you know, the big mainstream thing they'd had before. And then Come Essex that I did with um, Ian Brody, which, you know, I re- really liked some of the songwriting in that, on that, but at that point they realised, okay, she's not she's not playing the game. Okay, we're not going to, re- we're not going to um, release your next record. Mm. Um we're not gonna. We're not gonna do it. I made. I made. I think I'm, I'm trying to remember the trajectory. I made Home Time, which, which for me was the beginning of the, of, of me finding myself. But but it was it was too obscure for them, and they didn't want to release it. And and but they wouldn't release me either. You know, I had one of these deals. Jeez. I know. Well, I, you fought. You fought for a while. Well, like you know, you you fight. I mean, how do you fight? How do you fight, uh, Sonny? You know, because CBS had been brought out by. Sonny Were you then. now? Now has any other woman before you had? Had had this contentious like relationship. I I, I don't know. I don't and, know. And has tried to get out of their contract. I don't know. But, but you had yeah yeah uh, George Michael. I mean George. I yeah. But the difference being is that George Michael, you know, he'd been given ten million, so their argument was better mm-hmm. for me. They didn't have to give me anything. Right, but I'm they just could drop me for there fifty was quid. An... Yeah. That was the deal. They the, I I couldn't I couldn't <laughs> make them pay me, but they could drop me for fifty pounds. What? Yeah. You know. But this is yeah. That's what I'm saying. Lawyers who then give you this yeah. massive bill for signing the deal. They don't, you don't really realise, actually, you've just signed me away for 16 albums where I have no rights and you can pick me up at any time and drop me any time, but I have no right to leave for 16 oh. albums. You know, it's... What? Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah that's, that's that kind of how it went. So, you know, in the end, I had to, you know, kind of make a deal and, um, you know, and, and finally got my album away, the home time album away from them. So this, you know, all of this sort of stuff was going on. It was me sticking my heels in going, I'm not going to make the record you want. Them saying, you've got to make the record you want or we're not putting you in the studio. Me saying, uh, I want to go. Them saying, but we believe in you, you're staying. You know, and that's, so it's almost like they don't want to let you go until they think, okay. It's an abusive relationship. <laughs> yeah, until you've buried yourself enough that no one's going to want you, then they'll let you go so they don't lose face, you know. Yeah. So anyway, I, 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 they did let me take my home time album with me because they obviously thought it was such a pile of shite. <laughs> <laughs> but the great thing about it is the home time album got the, the best reviews of mm-hmm. my career, and you know, um, and 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 for me it was a real, you know, it was a, it was a real stepping stone in in changing perceptions for me, certainly in the UK about who I was as an artist. Mm-hmm. And what was the time span between? Well, I how mean, that long came. Did they in, hold on to you. Uh, Oh, well, all the time I wasn't recording, right until I actually finally managed to um, release so, uh, Home Time. So that was, so two, is, that was at 2000, was it around then? Oh. I know it was after I'd done Chicago that I managed to get it out. And yeah, I did Chicago. did because, Chicago. Yeah. Well, I had to because in terms of getting agoraphobic, this was bad, you know, it's like... That's what know, I, I want to talk about, your... I mean, I well, I just I think it was just although you know it was those it was it was the shock of being recognised you know and was, you just did not want to I be just, part of it I didn't want to be part of it I just stopped going out I just stopped going out and I I'd moved out into the kind of country and I just never left you know mm-hmm. the only places I'd go is maybe to a couple of girlfriends who I used to go to school with mm-hmm. uh, or to my parents or to my sister's house but I wouldn't go out go out you know 
uh, and this was, you know, and I just started to because get Because you didn't want to be, you didn't want to be I seen, hate being recognized, you didn't want to yeah. be recognized, yeah. you didn't want to be scrutinized. I didn't want to be scrutinized, I didn't want to be seen, I didn't want to be asked about my job, I didn't want to, I didn't want to engage, you know, I just, I just didn't mm-hmm. want to be around that, you know. Yeah. Um, uh, but I, I'd started to sort of like find my, my, um, my feet a little bit and, um, I thought this is bad. I'm, I'm going back into myself when I was having all this trouble with home time. I just said, uh, you know, I'm going to, uh, I got offered to do Chicago, which for me, musical theatre is like a horror. You know, it's like I was a punk. I was yeah, never into musical theatre. Yeah. You know? And um, a departure. Yeah, it was a big departure, <laughs> you know, and it's like, oh, and yet the very, th- the very fact that it scared me made me want to give it a go. And actually it was a real big change. How, in does, agor- how does an agoraphobic um, how does, well, I used do to feel, a musical, well, star in a musical? Well, um, I, I just had to, I, 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 it was, I had to save myself, you know, I had to save myself, there's no one, no one can save you from, from you, you know, mm-hmm. you can have you know, lots of people around you that try and encourage you and all this kind of stuff, but you, you lash out at them, you, you, sh- you know, you give them your anger, mm-hmm. you give the safe places your anger because there's nowhere else to deposit it, you know. Mm-hmm. And I just knew that, you know, I, I had children, you know. I had children, I was always, uh, you know, missing so many of these kind of great little things that I wouldn't go to that I had to address it, mm-hmm. you know, I, I had to address it. And um, this thing terrified me, the idea of doing it. But I thought, if I don't, I'm, I'm just going to die in my pit, you know. Yeah. Uh, you know. So, so you, 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 you go out and you felt, I used to feel when I'd walk, I used to feel like I was about 30 feet tall. That's how it felt. And I felt everybody else were midgets. That's yeah. really, you know, it's like you really were massive and you're like, oh, I've got league boots. No, through this world and everyone in this ground is shaking and no one is not going to see me, you know. It's just the weirdest feeling. Yeah. Just really weird. And you, you struggled with that for 10, yeah, ten for, years yeah. or so, so? Oh, well, you know, I'm, t- I'm terrible with timings. I might have exaggerated that. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I might, you know, I'm really bad with times. Yeah, I get all my numbers wrong. I would have exaggerated that, but it was a... It was a few days. It was, yeah. <laughs> It was at least a week. <laughs> but you do get so you know, I do get so used to hearing so, so many things. It's like people say, so yeah, so um, tell us about your bipolar. I said, I'm not bipolar. I've never been bipolar. It's just that you know, people start saying these things about you, and you just give up. You can't be bothered to argue. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I remember, you know, I remember when I was when I was working with Vince. The press called up my mother and said, you know, we know that Alison's had a sex change. You, you, you get that? Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, not. I've still got my cock. You're just not looking, you know. <laughs> Uh, you get all that, you know, or another paper would say, I've gone back to my first husband because I'm a strict Catholic and don't believe in divorces. Like, Hello? Who are you people? Mm-hmm. What are you going on about? Yeah. You know, first of all, you kind of feel, like, in the end, you say, oh, go with it, run with it, say what you like. Yeah. Sure. Sure, why not? Yeah, just, I couldn't yeah. imagine being being watched that closely and reported on, no. like, news. Well, know, and, 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 you know, and it can still... And you feel yeah. like, what the hell are... You know, That's why I love your Twitter account. Yeah. <laughs> Please, okay, everybody I, follow her on Twitter <laughs> because she's... You're my favorite. Oh, you're my you favorite. get me oh, out of bed. Yeah, oh, really? a lot of days yeah. you get me out of bed. It's and you're hilarious. <laughs> I need to know yeah. how that came out. Oh, do you know what they, one of me is... Um, uh, Sound of music. Yeah, right? well, just, yeah. just somebody did it on Facebook. On it, you know, somebody oh. did it on Facebook and nicked it. I just thought that was so great. Don't ever change that. No, Because your tweets are so... Because it's so sweet. Yeah. And then come, 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 come. Yeah. 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 French. To see you smiling at that outfit. Fire. I love it. It's true. Well, you know, and it's funny, I get, you know, sort of people saying, what? I can't believe this is not the Alice and I knew. It's like, well, patently, you never knew me because I've always been this way. It's not my fault that you've imprinted on me who you've decided I am, you know. Yeah, right. You know, and and it's like, yeah. A lot of people do that. A lot of people do that. Yeah, they, they, you know. They have their own ideas, and you, like I say, you just get bored trying to speak them out, you know, talk them out. Yeah. 
So, um, so let's talk about the new album. Mm. Um, I listened to the first track, and it's amazing. Oh, thank you. I mean, it is really amazing. Oh, I love the song. Thank you. Yeah, I, I, I feel the single. Yeah, sorry, not uh, the first track. The single. Oh, the the, the second track. Yeah. Oh, do you? Oh, yes. brilliant. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Oh, oh my gosh, I just love it. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, that's a, that's a lovely thing to hear. Yeah. It's like it's been it's been really interesting uh, making this record because, like, again, it I, might I be think... my favorite favorite thing Hurrah! Um, that you've oh, done amazing. I mean I really really love this song I didn't know how anyone would uh, would receive it because I've, I've approached it in, in, in slightly different way I mean other you know that the, the title track is, is 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 kind of it's just me and a piano which is nothing like the rest of the album the rest of the album is is quite electronic and um, but the reason why I wanted to make other the, the lead track and in fact the title track is because I didn't want to bury it as a small ballad because it, it's more than that you know mm-hmm. it's, it's the kind of the tenet of 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 being of being someone else. I mean, you know, th- this song was written after someone told me that I was a disaster in company. Now, bearing in mind oh, that you know, you know, this is you know, when you have struggled with this like social anxiety all these times, and you kind of feel brave, and then you get these little knockbacks that suddenly mm-hmm. happen, and you go back into the place thinking, you know, I was right. I'm fucking up. I fuck up all the time. I fuck up. I'm a fuck up. You know, uh, and and so th- it, it is really important. And the reason why it's really important is because we feel so alone with these feelings that we think we are the only person in the room that has this anxiety, and that we're desperately mm-hmm. trying to pull ourselves together to present ourselves in an okay way to somebody else when everybody is feeling this. Yeah. You know, that that I am other, and in fact. You know, being other gives you a compassion. It gives you an empathy, mm-hmm. and and I would much rather be around others yeah. than than this kind of like this this strange mainstream that we're seeing that that that, that, that is becoming so uh, hateful and uh, and exclusive and excluding mm-hmm. and you know uh, that um. So I, I I thought it was important to, to you know to, to make that point, but but um, you know like I say I, I always expect the the wall to be uh, pulled uh, from under me because I'm not um, you know I'm not a mainstream act I'm not you know I'm not a, a safe bet for anyone to make money out of, mm-hmm. um, and you know and I'm realistic you know I'm realistic about these things. Um, however, I decided suddenly I was going to go to college, and uh, I went to college, and as I went to college, I got a phone call from the management here. Yeah, you've got a record deal, you can go into the studio. It's like Shit. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, Quit college. <laughs> yeah. No, no, I didn't. <laughs> Done. No, so, so doing it all together. So, yeah, so you therefore, did, she did yeah, it all together. Yeah. Oh, I wow. did it all together. You know. So that's what I was saying about going to college yeah. during the day, recording in the evening, oh, and right. writing at the weekend. Like just starting out. You have it's just to, like exactly yeah. as it would have been when I was, you right. know, when I was first recording with Vince when 21. I was still effectively at college. Yeah. You know. You know. Um, but. Uh, oh, brain's gone dead. That happens a lot. <laughs> Does it just goes empty? I could have given birth yesterday. I've got one of those kind of brains, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, it's gone. You, you smile yeah, at me okay. like you think it's going to come okay, back. No, that is gone. We're, we're gone I, I don't know what to do at this point because that's how we, we are. We yeah. just, uh, just suddenly go vacant, don't you? Yeah. It's like yeah. I'm blinking. I'm just blinking into the night now. <laughs> Thank you for coming. Um. <laughs> Call me Carol Decker, so. I don't know. <laughs> Medical marijuana. <laughs> <laughs> yes, she is. Are you? This is yeah. yeah. That's amazing. Can you? Yeah. We should. Well, have, we, you should have handed it out for the interview. <laughs> I should have brought it up for everyone. <laughs> you should just. We should, look, let's just roll up your patch and smoke it. Let's do that. <laughs> oh, is that a band-aid it's stuck to? No, yeah, it is a patch. Yeah. Do you know? Well, I, I would smell that, except I've lost my sense of smell. She's a disaster. Did you smell. really? You can't smell well, that. Yeah, Why you did you lose your that. sense of smell? Well, I be, I'm so I'm too scared to say anything in America. So it's all so bloody litigious. 
Yeah. You know, it's like I remember when we when when we started out Yazoo, um, and we had uh, just released Situation in America. That so one single. We had nothing else. We just had Situation out in America, uh, and we got a band called Yazoo who came and sued us for a million. They sued us for a million for stealing their name. It's mm -hmm. like. Okay, so we changed our name to Yaz. Hey, our female singer has always been called Yaz. We are going to sue you for a million and a half. And all we got, bless us, was $15,000 advance, and we just had to give it all to them. No, we, really? we just had to give all our advance to You're this. You're kidding. You yes, had to pay? We had to, we had to, to get them to go away because otherwise oh. we'd have had to go to court. To, you know, yeah. and, you know, and so that was the first money I'd had, which I might have been able to pay my mother back with, but it went. Because they took it. So the reason why I'm scared of saying there's a certain brand of medicine that you can buy in England <laughs> that I believe they do sue for in America, which you spray up your nose uh -huh. when you get uh, the first signs of a cold uh -huh. and it's supposed to trap the germs and it stops you getting a cold. And it does. Mm -hmm. It is brilliant for yeah. stopping you getting a cold when you're on tour. Mm -hmm. However... Is I can? I, I don't even know that. I don't know what you call it here, and I'm not saying it. And that was that was her that said yeah, that. It, it is. Yeah. <laughs> that Tracy. was Tracy, Tracy Martin. <laughs> Tracy, Tracy Hurley Martin. <laughs> also on the marijuana. <laughs> I'm licking her forearm. Um, and <laughs> um, Oddly, not the one with the patch on. <laughs> We're sharers. <laughs> um, uh, so, so anyway, so the spray was brilliant for not getting a cold, but consequently I've lost my sense of taste and my sense of smell from it. Your uh, sense of taste too? Yes, yeah, it's gone. It's, That's it's, the it's, shittiest it's really, thing that could happen yes, to Yes, it's really, really shit. And so the worst thing about it is I still eat crap and I get practically zero pleasure from it. Oh, but you're just hoping. It's like... Well, yeah, the only, the only, the only thing I can detect is sugar. Texture. And I can't have sugar because it's because uh, it makes me sick, but I'll eat it because yeah. it's like one of the few things I can taste. Wow, you can taste sugar. Well, I, it's, it's, I can detect yeah, sugar. Yeah, you can detect. I can detect okay. whatever it is. I and say. the I pleasure know. of it, right? No, 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 I get, no, I get no pleasure. I get no... It, it's just, it's just, there's a... I don't know, there's just a... A seizure. A, 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 yeah, there's just... <laughs> Something. There's just something. It's just it's, it's it's just what it, it's like. It's like a memory muscle, isn't it? It's like when yes. you're a kid, you know, yes. coming from this French family, mm -hmm. you know, you would comfort yourself by eating. So when you get older, you comfort yourself by the mm -hmm. process of eating when you're not hungry. Ours is cheese. I yeah. think cheese. If we lost our sense of everything. I would still, would still I eat. would still eat cheese. Yeah. Yeah, I, but then but then if you had cheese and didn't eat sugar, you'd probably be all right because you can eat yeah. plenty of fat, no, can't you? It's but, the sugar. You know, that's yeah. But what's but cheese yeah, without chocolate? Yeah. Cheese. Cheese and chocolate? Are you mad? Oh, yeah. What are you have... talking about? <gasps> cheese and... Look at us. Stop. <laughs> it's one of Don't act like it's gourmet. All I know is that you Americans have sugar in your salad dressings, and that is... Delicious. Repre <laughs> reprehensible. No salad... <laughs> Should be sweet unless it's got fruit in it. And even then, the dressing fruit should... Fruit in salad? Oh, come on. This is oh. taking a turn. This is taking an ugly oh, turn. I'm, I'm throwing I'm <laughs> She's gagging. <laughs> so we, um, we asked our guests to provide us with a strange throwback. Um, a woman who... Janice. Um, yes. Maybe. Who... who um, inspired you to do what you do? Well, I think who actually inspired me was... Uh, Initially was polystyrene from X-ray specs. You know, I love. I mean, there's this little there's the punk. This. and then she'd have this voice and this 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 powerhouse voice. You know, so I think I first started my singing on her. You know, this mm -hmm. real, real powerhouse, and I love the way that she looked then. You know, she came on and 
uh, she wasn't uh, she wasn't a beautiful 70s girl mm -hmm. she was she was small and she was slightly dumpy and she had braces mm -hmm. and 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 she was a bit ditzy and it was like it was so brilliant to, to see a, a, a young woman fronting a band uh, looking like that and still looking fantastic because you know yeah. from the clothes you know you, you lo I love to see idiosyncratic women and she looked brilliant and she sounded brilliant and um, and she made it all right for me uh, to to uh, front a band and and have all my audiences and still feel I was brilliant you know oh that's cool that's really cool um, and we also asked for um, what in what is your strangest story that you remember doing what you do like the craziest strangest thing. That you that comes to mind. Well, the the first thing that that came to mind was uh, that it, it's some it's some European television can be weird as fuck. It used to be weird as fuck. I remember one time seeing Depeche, and I think I don't know if Vince was still in the band, but I, I, I remember seeing Depeche in this show where they were having to sing a song uh, in a barn with animals and a couple making out in a haystack behind Sweet. it was just really strange anyway i think i might have done a similar show a show but i'd gone on and started singing these songs and they had no no preparation for me that suddenly all these dancers appeared around me <laughs> and started doing these you know i mean what do you call those what, what are these kind of movements you know like yeah, come here but come here with these hands yeah. and they were all doing it around my face like, <laughs> like this so I'm singing, and there's like all these these women and men kind of doing this. Come hither, come hither, in a big circle around my face, and it's like you go, freaks, freaks. That was just it was yeah. And there's no preparation for that. And another one oh I remember God, was I was doing this. I was doing this TV show. Uh, this was when uh, I think it was when I was doing uh, it won't be long, something like that. And I and I'd been booked for a, um, a European TV show, and they said great. Um, uh, only we'd like Alison to wear a dress, and it was like. You know, I'm sorry. It's like I'm an artist. I'm not a, you know, I'm not, not a bookable turn. You know, yeah, it's like yeah. this. I look the way that I look, and and then she said, "Sorry, no, Alison's not not wearing a dress. She's not wearing. She hasn't got a dress." Okay, so then uh, I turn up uh, um, to the to the TV show, and they take me and said, "Oh well, I hope you like this. Your manager said you didn't uh, have a dress, so we've made you a dress." Now bear in mind, they didn't even know my measurements. You know, and it's one of those things, you know, that it's like, I've always been a big girl, but there's been assumptions that I'm smaller when I'm bigger, and I've been bigger than when I'm smaller. So when I was in Yazoo, I was around about a size 14 to 16. You know, I was a big girl, but, you know, I, I, I was Which strong. Which is the but standard I wasn't, size uh, of yeah, a woman. But, but then, you know, they'll remember yeah. me back as being Jabba the Hutt. Yeah, you right. know? I mean, I, I did become Jabba the Hutt, but at that point, I was, I was just, a, I was a big girl, big mm -hmm. girl for those days. But either way, they had no idea what size I was, so they just made this, this shift dress, this, this great big tent shift dress that reminded me of what my great-grandmother wore in France when they were bringing in the chickens. Mm -hmm. It was just like this really peculiar, it's like, what, I, 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 well, you're going to hurt her feelings. She spent so much time making it. It's like, what, what makes you think it is all right for you to make a dress for someone who has not asked for a dress and yeah. tell them to wear it? Yeah. So what country was, was this in? Uh, not that uh, no, I, I, you know, don't. No, you, you can't know. You, you, actually, let's not. It's not even about that. It's, yeah. it's just like I do not know which country I'm in most of the time. And people say to me, "Don't you ever worry about saying good evening?" I said, "Yeah, I just don't say good evening. It's easy. <laughs> just don't say good evening, Brooklyn. If you yeah. don't, just don't say good evening." Wow. And that's so I never uh -huh. say good evening. You know, it's just I think it's assumed. I want you to have a nice time. Uh -huh. <laughs> I showed up. <laughs> here I am. Here you are. We are here together. Hello, us. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> 
<laughs> now I shall sing. <laughs> and I shall sing. And you shall clap me bastards. <laughs> Speaking of, you're going to be touring this fall, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone's very excited. Yeah, you're going to come oh and play. Are yeah. you playing the Kings? Oh, why are you asking me? That's what I'm she saying. I don't, we'll I don't know. Out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll find out and let you know. I'll let you know. On t- am I not playing Kings? Do you know where I'm playing? Oh, <laughs> See? Well, so. Alison's daughter. Alison's daughter, yeah. Caitlin, everybody. Yeah. yeah hello. Caitlin. Yeah, she's she's here. She's my Jimmy. Her mom. And oh my God, she's my Jiminy Cricket. <laughs> she's on my shoulder. Mother, you're lying. <laughs> Mother, you're drinking. Chaperoning. <laughs> so, so well, thank you so much for coming. Oh, you know, it's we been appreciate such a this joy. beyond. Uh, we didn't get to okay. so much. Just right now, part two. Oh, absolutely. Let's yeah. Yeah, a funny game. We could talk about Live Aid, Don French. I mean, a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Anyway, you're too fascinating for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fantastic. Oh, it's been so lovely Thank to you see so you. Thank so much. It's such a brilliant thing to do. Thank